This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Covered in Pet Hair, a boozy show for pet lovers on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Isabel Alvarez-Arada, and today I have the pleasure of having a drink and a chat with Budget Dog. I'll tell you all about him and introduce you as soon as we come back from these messages from our sponsors. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Covered in Pet Hair. I'm your host, Isabel Alvarez-Rada, and today I have the pleasure of having a drink and a chat with a pet parent, an author, a former CPA audit manager. He's an adventure seeker, a road tripper, a foodie, and a coffee lover. He's a world traveler, a fitness fanatic, and an adrenaline junkie. He is a Cleveland sports fan. He was born and raised in, well, you guessed it, Cleveland, Ohio. He is husband to Aaron, dad to a seven-month-old baby girl named Logan Lee. He is dog dad to Charlie, who is a girl. She is nine years old, and she's a palm chee. How cute. And he's also dog dad to Nico, a four-year-old German shepherd mix, they think. And then he is, my guest. He is the founder of Budget Dog, creator of a budget to financial freedom course, and a wealth builder. His name is Brennan Schlagbaum. Welcome, Brennan. It's so good to have Budget Dog on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. It is so good to have you on the show. I'm super excited to talk about this topic because I have a lot of thoughts, and I feel like you're the very appropriate person to share these thoughts thoughts with. I think pet lovers may spend more than we should on our pets. And we're going to kind of cover this topic carefully so as to not turn anybody off. But I do think there's a lot of room for improvement in kind of balancing our pets short term needs and our long term financial future. Absolutely. Okay, that's an important thing to have. I know exactly. It's like balance is hard to come by though. So before I go any further and get into the nitty gritty, I want to introduce our drinking game today. So anybody at home, anytime you hear this word, the secret word is emergency. Make sure you take a drink of whatever you're enjoying, but please be sure you're over 21 to partake, never drink and drive and always drink responsibly. So what are you having today, Brennan? I have some Rossville bourbon from my buddy that gifted it to me. And I haven't drank it in about a year, so we'll see how this is. <laughs> and why haven't you had it in about a year? Um, I opened it the first time and it wasn't the best, but I'm I'm gonna give it a second shot tonight. <laughs> okay, it's a, good. It's a local it's a local bourbon that he uh, hand delivered me um, as part of the bachelor party. So I I figured I'd give it a second shot. 
Well, that's very <laughs> sweet. Cheers to him for being generous with the booze. Yeah, he's a great I mean, guy. <laughs> and I'm actually having a cheap glass of wine in a very spotted glass, now I notice. And I chose a cheap glass of wine so I didn't get in trouble. I didn't want to get in trouble <laughs> with, with you, about the budget, and when we start talking about how much we spend on our pets. So cheers, thank you for being on the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm excited too. <laughs> All right, so I always introduce this show with a game. And today's game, or the first game we're going to play, is called Pet Expenses, okay? Pets uh -oh. Expenses. And it's a true or false game. And I'm going to give you some numbers taken from CNET.com about what it costs to have a pet. And you're going to tell me if it's true or false. Are you ready to play? I'm ready for it. I'm nervous. All right. <laughs> no, well, you know what? I have been in pet care for... 13, 14 years now. And I couldn't really give you numbers because it's so hard to say, like, these are averages that I, I think that they were taken in 2021 and they're national averages. So obviously that's going to be very region specific, person right. specific, et cetera. But these, these are good, a good starting point for our conversation. So here we go. The first year of owning a pet is often the most expensive due to one-time startup costs like supplies, microchipping spay neuter so you should expect to pay anywhere from a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars during the first year of pet ownership true or false true it's actually false it's more than that which i think is good because we want to set proper expectations fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars is what cnet.com thinks it costs to own a pet the first year that, that's pretty close to what i was thinking yeah right i mean it's not a huge difference but people need to budget it, it, it depends how bougie your your animals are <laughs> and how expensive your area is and how much stuff they right. need and whether it's a dog or a cat yeah totally depends all right yeah. next one standard shelter adoption fees generally range from about a hundred dollars to seven hundred dollars for dogs and 30 to 300 dollars for cats according to the animal humane society true or false True. It is true. That is absolutely true. According to Prudent Pet Insurance, some dog breeds can cost as much as $14,000 to purchase from a breeder. True. True or false? I almost fell off my chair. And you are right. It is true. It's sickening. It's sickening. It is. It, I don't know what dog costs $14,000, but like, <laughs> God. It better have some tricks when I say, do, do the trick. I know it better come with like a like, a like Ivy an League education. It's ROI on my investment. <laughs> so you know this. I want to make sure I take a little quick note here and say that when we talk today, it's all about pets, not service animals, because a service animal comes with a huge price tag, and it's a totally different conversation. Fourteen thousand dollars to adopt just a dog with no training, no anything, maybe just like a really amazing lineage is a lot of money. Quite a bit crazy okay next one pets from breeders typically come with their first set of shots included but other vaccinations and procedures including spay or neuter may not be included true or false true. it is true so make sure that when you have you buy your dog from a breeder you budget for all that other stuff am i scoring a 75 percent at this point so far <laughs> at least 75 percent <laughs> last one the average yearly pet insurance costs is $225, $225 for dogs and $175 for cats. True or false? False. It's actually true. But I, I failed. <laughs> no, you didn't fail, but 
What's interesting is when I read that, I was like, who, what kind of coverage is that? That's like very, very minimal coverage. That, that's like, what I was, I was thinking it was more expensive for sure. Yes, it is definitely more expensive. That's got to be accident only, like uh, catastrophic kind of situations. I bet if it's injury and illness together, it's more. And if it's preventative, it's even more than that. So I'm going to assume that that's just for like injury only, catastrophic injuries only. But Absolutely. you did great, actually. I'm really impressed with how you uh, you knew the shelter adoption fees. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. So you are a CPA. You specialize in helping people pay off debt. So where did the name Budget Dog come from? So I actually started my Instagram account from a finance perspective. And I was like, what on the internet is going to marry the two together of like money and budgeting? And how's this going to be fun? So we had a dog and I was like, you know what budget? Do-? It just like clicked one day. My wife and I were talking about it and we're like, that's it. That's the name. So when I first started, he was the face, the logo. So it was literally him talking from his perspective, which was interesting. Um, and I've changed it since, but it was like talking about like, PSA was like puppy service announcement. So I would say things like that to have it from a different perspective to make it fun. Now, as the the brand grew, um, I took out him as the logo and changed some things to the logo you guys see on the screen today. Um, But that's what it was in the beginning. That is awesome. I actually, the reason that we're even having this conversation is because (laughs) of the name of your business. We met on Instagram. You actually commented on something I said, you replied to a comment that I posted on something that Dave Ramsey shared. And if you are not familiar guys with Dave Ramsey, he's a financial advisor that basically rules the budgeting world for a lot of people has a lot of baby steps and things like that. And actually my husband's a fan of uh, Dave Ramsey, which is why I know of Dave Ramsey. And you commented something like kind of very friendly and fun. And I said, budget dog, who is this person? And then now you are the face of the brand and you post a ton of awesome, awesome advice. So then I kind of got to know your brand and I said, well, he and I need to have a conversation and here we are. So you probably meet with people one-on-one and discuss their financials. Have you ever said like, you really can't afford your pet? Not one time, honestly. So it varies. I mean, of all my clients, how many actually have pets to begin with? It's probably a, a small you know, subset of them. But the thing is, like, I think the whole budgeting perspective, I think people instantly go to cheap or frugal or restrictive. And that's not really my budget idea. It's more to make the life that you want to live in a comfortable way and actually give you more freedom. So like, if you have a pet, like I get it, I'm, I'm a pet parent of two, plus another little one. So like, I love them to death. And I couldn't imagine ever saying like, get rid of the pets or you can't afford them. I would make a way to afford them in my opinion. That is exactly what we're going to talk about. I actually want to take a break right here because it's the perfect segue. Let's listen to our sponsors. And when we come back, Brennan and I are going to talk about some suggestions that Dave Ramsey has made regarding pets, budgets, and debt. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your cat tree tray today. 
Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Covered in Pet Hair. I'm your host, Isabel alvarez Arada, and today I'm having a conversation with Budget Dog, a.k.a. Brennan, and he and I are going to talk about how one can balance or address big expenses, pet expenses specifically, and long-term planning, financial goals, et cetera, et cetera. So Brennan, if you are ready, I am going to play a game with you called Whose Side Are You On? I got it. Let's go. (laughs) And I have taken some suggestions about pets specifically in the sense of financials and budgeting from RamseySolutions.com. So Dave Ramsey, we met on his Uh, social media on his Instagram post. What are your thoughts before we go into this on Dave Ramsey's plans? Are you a fan? Are you like, do you buy in fully kind of sort of tell me? I'm Dave Ramsey ish. Okay. So I think that he has a very good idea of finances, but finance is not one size fits all. And that's kind of what his brand presents. Now, with that being said, do I like his idea? Most of it? Yes. But again, I'm, I'm, he would call me Dave Ramsey ish because I don't fall within that cult-like following per se. But I do really respect him and I think he has a lot of great stuff to offer. They've even interviewed me at one point in time in the, in the past to bring me on. And I actually declined politely to remain with my own brand. So, talked with Deloney, talked with Anthony O'Neill, great people there, love everyone that's involved. And I, they're, they're awesome. However, I think that you need to look at each person's individual situation and assess the needs that that individual needs. And I think anybody, most reasonable people can agree with that. At the same time, he's talking to a mass audience to millions and millions of people. It's hard to say, you know, in this situation, this, in this situation, that. So I understand where he's coming from. Um, But that's my take on on Ramsey in general. Okay. So we are kind of Dave Ramsey-ish. He actually, I have his book. Chris gave it to my husband. Chris gave it to me after he read it. Chris is a huge fan of Dave Ramsey. So by no means is the following information any kind of a dig on Dave Ramsey. On the contrary, my husband's kind of spendy. And if it wasn't for Dave Ramsey, we'd be in the poorhouse. No doubt about it. So thank you, Dave Ramsey and co, because I genuinely think that you have awesome advice. However, Dave Ramsey and I, or Ramsey Solutions and I, differ in these situations that I'm going to share with you. So the first one for this game And you're going to tell me whose side you're on is Dave Ramsey says to buy bulk dry food and throw it in a bowl. This is a quote. Your dog or cat doesn't need a five course feast. They just need food. But many pet experts, myself included, would say that bulk dry dog food is killing our pets. It's actually causing chronic diseases and costing us more money in vet visits in the long run. Whose side are you on? I'm on your side on that one. Ah, thank you. I love it. I agree <laughs> that we need to be conscious 
because he does say like now there's like refrigerated dog food and there's this and that i do think we can't go and just like buy the best food we wouldn't do that for ourselves either we're not going to go to the best restaurant maybe we're going to go to a restaurant we can afford so i do think there's some budgeting involved but please guys if you can afford something better than bulk dry food for your pets invest consider it an investment okay next one dave ramsey says again quote if your pet requires an expensive operation one day ask for paid in cash discounts and save up for a few months first but whatever you do don't go into debt for it end quote i would say that a life-saving operation for an otherwise healthy dog with a good prognosis is non-negotiable and many operations can't be put off until you've saved the money for it. So I personally would speak to my vets and see if we could work together, come up with other solutions, but I might actually go into a small amount of debt to make it happen if I knew that I could pay that off in the next, you know, maybe few months instead of saving for it and delaying a much needed operation. Whose side are you on? Absolutely your side. I think there's context to every one of these things that I would like to kind of elaborate on if that's yes, part of the game. Absolutely. So I, I do think that like pets are emotional, right? They're your kids almost, right? And mm -hmm. so I think a lot of times people go overboard because of emotion and sometimes things aren't actually needed and they justify it through that. Now, if you can look at it objectively, which is really hard with your own pets, then I think that that's where you draw the line saying, okay, do they really need this or do they, is it, could we delay it maybe a month or two to make this reasonable? Right. I think that's where I, I, I draw the line. Absolutely. Always speak to your veterinarians about one, your financial situation because veterinarians understand they too have mortgages and bills and kids and dogs and expenses and they run businesses so they very much understand to definitely speak to them if they have paid in cash discounts speak to them if they have any organizations that you can contact to help you if you really 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 can't afford the operation don't neglect your pet don't neglect your finances there are ways to get creative and maybe speak to a financial advisor like brennan who helps you figure out what the right answer is for you in that specific situation next one dave ramsey says when searching for a veterinarian quote don't just pick the one closest to home you want someone with great pet side manner which was cute little pun and great prices you can get both I don't disagree with that. However, I would say that in today's environment where vets are actually slammed and it's hard to get appointments and it's hard to go see them and gas prices are so high, I feel like you should also consider the location of your veterinarian so that it can be more feasible to take your pet to the vet and not like a huge cross city, an hour in traffic to reach your vet. So I think pet side manner, prices, and location what do you think i think we need to give ramsey a chance to speak on this <laughs> but i do i do agree with you because you know there's obviously context but I, yeah I, th I think that's that makes a lot of sense what you're saying and i think i even think he would agree with that to be honest i think he would go one step further to say that yeah it's probably reasonable yeah i think so i mean i think this might have not been written when like gas prices were like right you know, now they're what they are now. <laughs> and traffic in cities is getting so bad too all right Dave Ramsey says the most annoying part of pet ownership might be paying for a sitter. This, if you know anything about my background, I was a professional pet sitter, business owner 
for 12 years. So this is, my heart rate is literally getting <laughs> elevated as I say this. Dave Ramsey says, if you can't get a neighborhood kid to come by over to your house on the cheap, you may have to bite the bullet and board your pet when you go out of town. I say that you should never get a neighborhood kid to come over on the cheap because if the pet hurts that child, now you're going to get sued. If the child trips and breaks his nose, now you are going to be liable because it happened in your home. I believe that you should budget for your pet's care, proper care with a professional when planning your vacations. Whose side are you on? I'm trying to disagree with you in some way here, <laughs> but I agree with you 100%. And my mind as a CPA instantly went to umbrella insurance. Yes. I think that's an excellent ad here because of, hey, if a, if a dog does eat or bite a kid, <laughs> who knows what happens, but if they bite a kid, they bite somebody, they injure somebody, umbrella insurance could really be helpful there. Absolutely. Thank you for adding that is excellent advice. And I will say um, a lot of pet parents are like, my dog would never. As somebody oh. who works professionally, dogs will I bite. I used to say that. <laughs> exactly. Well, you have a German Shepherd I changed shepherd mix. my whole set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you have a young child. So make sure yeah. you, you, because we all <laughs> think our pets won't, but they will because it's just, there's so many dynamics. And I have a very good friend in the pet sitting industry who just got attacked by a dog. And that person has been in the industry for 15 years and knows dogs, has a ton of experience, has done thousands upon thousands of annual visits with strange dogs. She just got attacked. We just saw in the news a pet sitter who was relatively new to the industry. The dogs ate her face off. Okay, guys, like this is not stuff to take lightly. These things do happen. So have either a professional who is bonded, insured, etc or like Brennan suggested, make sure your insurance would cover any kind of incident before you just go cheap and find the kid zero, next door. I have zero confidence in my dogs with anything. They yeah. are not well behaved. <laughs> so I'm taking care of them and making, making sure insurance is covering everything. Exactly. You know what? I had a reactive dog for a really long time and having a dog that can bite because we all do. But when you know that they have a bite history, it's so scary and you definitely that's when you start looking at insurance and saying oh, you know should i muzzle this dog when i go outside and we did for a long time on my socks yep. who who recently passed away all right next one this one this one i'm more comfortable with i will say dave ramsey says swap pet sitting with your neighbors when they're out of town you can pop over and feed their cat and change the litter and in return they can swing by to walk your pup and refill their food bowl when you're on vacation it's a budget-friendly win-win for everyone and this is what i say i say this sounds ideal and wonderful but the example he gives is a cat owning family taking care of a dog and a dog owning family taking care of a cat i happen to specialize in both cats and dogs and they're entirely different species with entirely different needs and a person who has a dog may not notice how quickly a cat can get sick and a person that has a dog may not be adequately just educated enough to properly care for a cat. So I would say this is a good idea if it's the same species, but or if the person has really good experience with your pet. I trust my neighbors. I love my neighbors, but I have a professional pet sitter because I don't want to have to deal with my neighbors making a mistake and then having to see them. I think I, I agree on this uh, with, with you for sure here, but I always feel bad leaving my dogs here alone and having somebody stop in for them. I'd rather have a professional person come 
bring them to their house and take care of them there personally. Oh, that's a really good option. So I completely am for pet sitters taking them into their home as long as they're reputable and have great experience. I've done shows on that where people do have like a really great setup in their own home. I also have no reservations for a really high quality boarding facility either. In-home pet care is what my dogs have always experienced because I had an in-home pet care company and it was so easy for me to, you know, the people I'd hired literally to care for my clients' pets would care for my pets. But that doesn't mean that in the future I wouldn't board them or whatever. It's just my dogs are used to that. And actually three visits a day with really good enrichment and engagement is enough for my dogs. My dogs don't need any more than that. But if you have like a young dog or a high energy dog, I totally agree that there are other better options. I just don't think it's the neighbor. Yeah, no, no way. <laughs> Guys, think about too it. Close to home. <laughs> think exactly too close to home, Dave Ramsey. I don't know. You must have much better neighbors than I do. And I love my neighbors. I, I have to tell you, but like, I don't know that I would like let them just, you know, take care of my pets. Next one. Dave Ramsey says, invest in grooming tools, bring up a tutorial on YouTube, and then do the work yourself at home. I say that... The skills that professional groomers have are actually developed over a lot of coursework and a lot of years of experience and, you know, tutorials and, and like one-on-one -on -one work with their mentors. So I don't feel like the average pet parent is going to be able to recreate anything. And you could hurt your pet. Like if you go too short on the nails, if you like, you know, clip them by mistake, like you don't especially want to deal with mats on your own. So I do think that there is space for that but for most grooming i highly recommend a professional groomer yeah we we've tried this multiple times and our dogs bite us so <laughs> we just send them to the groomer now <laughs> ding 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 groomers just know how to approach they can read body language they've learned it the hard way i think groomers professional groomers are worth their weight in gold and i don't feel like they're that expensive and when they are expensive yeah and when they're expensive like say like cat grooming cat grooming can be a little more expensive because cats are a little more of a liability they don't have to go that often and so i feel like there's a balance there that you can do without diying it okay so then the last one and i will say that Dave Ramsey does say that if that sounds like a DIY fail waiting to happen, then just get a good brush to help keep your pet well-groomed between their grooming appointments. And I have to say, bravo, Ramsey Solutions. That is excellent advice. Excellent advice. I, I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, you don't have to go as often and you can keep more cash in your pockets. I do agree that regular brushing will prevent too many grooming visits and like the really long ones with mats that they have to cut. I had the Charleston cat groomer on the show recently and she told me about a cat that was so matted, they actually had to surgically remove the mat. Oh, wow. Oh. So yeah, that'll save you money. Brush our, your pet. Our shepherd mix sheds so much. We take him outside. We start doing it every once in a while, probably at least uh, once a month. Yeah. Oh my! I don't. I don't brush my dogs. That's my husband's job. That's like literally <laughs> one of our. I'm like you do it because he came into the relationship with two dogs. I came into the relationship with two dogs. The one that sheds the most was originally his dog, so it's his job. But yes, Smart. brushing is super important for everybody. I mean, this show is called Covered in Pet Hair. Trust me, we brush plenty here. And then I have the last one. The last one from Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey, and again, it's not Dave Ramsey specifically. This is a blog on his website. Okay. Dave Ramsey says, need to pick up pet waste? 
you know the kind. Whether you're scooping litter or picking up presents your dog left in the neighbor's lawn, don't pay for fancy bags. Instead, just recycle all those plastic bags from the grocery store. I say that the cost of biodegradable bags is actually really negligible compared to all the other expenses we face with our pets. And the cost of plastics on our environment is just too great to ignore. I recycle my grocery bags whenever I use them, which is not often, at the grocery store so they can use them to make new bags. And I personally buy truly biodegradable bags from the poop bag girl who is a personal friend of mine and makes truly biodegradable bags she's given my audience you know a discount code there are ways to get good quality biodegradable bags at a good price so i don't think that dave and i agree on this whose side are you on so i have a tip for you guys if you guys go to most parks any dog park any like type of park that would you know, kid park they're almost always bags up there. I'm not saying take them all, but I'm saying maybe stuff your pockets. <laughs> you can never have too many bags. As a former professional pet sitter and dog walker, every <laughs> single pocket that I ever reached into always had a bag in it. My yep. back pocket, my coat pocket, my purse pocket, always. You never have enough. And if you have babies, those bags also come in very handy when you have a messy diaper to discard, but you don't have anywhere to put it immediately. Absolutely. Yep. I've, I've been there. <laughs> yes, we all have. If you have a baby of seven months, you're like in the <laughs> thick of it. Yes. <laughs> you no are. No pun intended there. <laughs> you are elbow deep in baby poop. I don't envy you. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. So I have some scenarios for you before we wrap up. And I want you to share with me, like, how you would go about advising these people. These are, I'm going to pretend I'm a person with a situation, and you're going to tell me what you think my best course of action would be. So let's just say I'm a single young professional that is thinking of getting a pet. I don't have any pets. I live alone. What financial goals should I have accomplished before I commit to getting a pet so that I could truly be responsible? What would you say? Yeah, that's a great question. I think first off, make sure you have an emergency fund and you know, if things happen, you're not going to be underwater. So emergency funds, any bad debts probably paid off if you, if you can pay those off credit cards and stuff like that. Don't get yourself in a, an extra mess. And then also be investing at least 15% of your gross income into retirement accounts. If you are at that level, I have no problem with you getting a pet. And until they're at that level, you say, just live your single life and, and don't take on unneeded responsibility. Just right? hang out a little bit. It should be a pretty fast process if you, if you do it right and you map everything out. It shouldn't take that long. I love that. I love that. And I look back at a lot of decisions that I've made with pets specifically. Like I wasn't single, but I took in like five neonatal kittens and I paid for everything, their formula, their accessories. I didn't have cats. So I went from zero to five in like yeah, one day <laughs> and I, pay I paid for everything myself while simultaneously feeding my dogs a raw homemade diet with fresh beef that I would have to source somehow. And I think about all the dollar dollar bills y'all that I spent on these animals. And I think, oh my God. And I don't regret it for a second, but I recognize that financially it wasn't the best decision. So if you're young and you haven't gotten there, make the good decisions before you get emotionally tied up with a pet or rescues or fostering or all that because 100%. I, you will make bad decisions, like Brennan said, <laughs> based on emotion, right? 
Hundred percent guaranteed. <laughs> guaranteed. <laughs> not debatable. Right. Not debatable. <laughs> not debatable. We agree on that one. Let's say that I have pets and debt. I'm a person with pets and debt. What do you recommend I do? I think you're already in that situation. So I think it's a matter of getting on a financial plan. If you're on the financial plan, you can navigate the waters. They're not as scary when you put them on paper. So put them on paper. Make sure you're with it. You have a budget, a balance sheet, amortization schedules for those debts specifically and that you're really, really actively pursuing a financial plan. If you got that, you're probably going to be fine. That's awesome. And just a little plug for Brennan, he can help you start your financial plan. You have the resources and from a pet lover who understands, because I feel like a lot of people don't want to go show their CPA, their uh, pet budget line, because they might get in trouble. But I promise I'm nice. And you guys can DM me whenever. (laughs) (laughs) Brennan won't yell at you. He'll deliver the blow softly. All right. (laughs) The last question I have for you, let's say that I have pets, but no debt at all. What can you recommend that I do so that I don't end up in debt? Like we talked about because of a, like a catastrophic injury or an unexpected illness. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is that emergency fund, making sure that's covered. So If it is extended, like you look at your regular expenses and then you want to do a little extra for a maybe a possible emergency with a pet, I think that might be smart. Like the six months or three months or whatever you want to conclude on for regular plus maybe a little extra. Um, Okay. A little extra cash doesn't hurt. So you're talking about like your emergency fund being mortgage or rent plus regular expenses, expenses, monthly expenses, you know, exactly the things you listed. Okay, perfect. And then you recommend three to six months? Typically three to six months, yes. Okay. So guys different, but typically three to six months. <laughs> okay. And then I have one more thing that I should say. I personally believe that pets are not necessities, except for again, we're talking about pets, not service animals or emotional support animals. Those are necessities. Those are completely separate. I believe that pets are gifts we give ourselves. And that we really should make sure that we don't take on too many pets, even though necess- we have the time for it and we potentially have a really nice home for it and we potentially are excellent pet parents. I feel like we shouldn't just take in all the pets that we can comfortably house because we wouldn't take on every Louis Vuitton bag we laid eyes on, right? Would you agree with me when I say that? I think it's reasonable. Absolutely. Um, it's like saying, Hey, I can go adopt a lot of kids. Let's go ahead and do it because we have a house that supports four or five kids. Like, I don't know if that's really reasonable or practical to be honest. I love that. I love that because I know that many of my audience members are a little bit just like too generous opening. Oh, I get it. I I totally, they're too generous. And they're like, yes, I have the time to take care of these neonatal kittens. But one day they're going to be retired and they're going to need retirement savings. So what do you think about that? Like, how do we balance when we love animals so much, but we need to think of our future too? So definitely time and like space or a place is a part of that. But I think finances are absolutely a part of that. Like if you're taking on, I think it gets back to our previous conversation. If you're taking on more animals because, and you can't, you know, financially afford that, I don't think that's a good idea at all. And I think you need to put yourself in a position to avoid something like that. I think it's okay if you're, if you have the time, if you have the money and you have the space and you want to be giving, I think that's totally fine. But when you're pushing one of those three envelopes a little too far, I think you need to take a step back and look at it. Yes. I love that. Thank you so much. I agree with you completely. And I want you to share how my audience can learn more about you and your course. Can you tell us a little bit about what your course entails? 
Yeah. So it's like a lot of the stuff we talked about today is like getting yourself on a financial plan that actually works for you. And it's practical. It has templates, it has downloads, it has videos, three and a half hours long, and it walks you through the process of putting that all together cohesively and making it make sense. So it's very simple. I like to make finance simple and not complicated. Um, like some of the Wall Street professionals like to do. I'm, I'm very practical with my budgeting. So that's what budget financial freedom is. You can contact me on any social media, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok now, surprisingly. <laughs> it, it's, it's getting there. It's a work in progress. Same, and- same. I mean, who has time? <laughs> you have a baby. Who has time for all these social media platforms? Exactly. I also have my website, budgetdog.com. You guys can go to and check it out. So any of those ways, you can DM me on any of the socials and I, I will definitely be responding. I love it. I just want to propose a toast to you for giving us some super valuable information. Cheers. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Absolutely. Our Bossville stuff was rough. <laughs> was it rough? Was it rough? Yeah, it was rough. <laughs> the second try wasn't any better. <laughs> oh, no. I feel so bad for your friends who gave it to you, who you outed on this show. He's going to hear me. <laughs> he is. He is. Well, I also want to propose a toast to my executive producer, Mark Winter. Thank you, Mark. And to our audience for tuning in and learning all of these awesome things from our awesome guests with me. Here's to a life covered in pet hair there's no better way to live. Cheers. To learn more about Covered in Pet Hair, please visit coveredinpethair.com or petliferadio.com. Thanks for watching and we'll see you next time. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on petliferadio.com.